Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Good morning. My name is Corey Bielek. I'm Executive Vice President and CEO of Canalaska Uranium. Our focus is really the Athabasca Basin and the uranium space. We also have nickel projects in the neighboring province of Manitoba and some copper assets in British Columbia of, uh, of Canada. We are a project generator, a hybrid model, really, where we generate a lot of projects and we move the ones that we feel have uh, the most value for our shareholders forward with our shareholder money. And we've been very busy in 2021, really advancing some of these core assets of ours and looking for new opportunities for our shareholders, whether that comes through in terms of project generation, new deals, or even getting out there and doing it ourselves. So that's Canalaska Uranium. We're happy to be here today and uh, we're loving 2021 and we're looking forward to 2022. Good man, Corey, good, good to speak to you and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Matthew. It's yeah. uh, a long weekend here. We didn't think that we didn't think this through, did we? We we should, we should have done this tomorrow. So apologies, and uh, thank you very much for um, showing up today. I appreciate that. Hey, look, we saw you back in April. We kind of ran through the story. It's the first our first conversation back then. I think you're relatively new as well. Uh, new CEO, uh, not so new anymore. Might be worth just running through a few things because as project generators seem to, seem to have lots of different variables on the move at any one time, right? So you've got, we've got nickel, we've got copper, you've got uranium, we've got diamonds. So there's a lot of commodities too. Can you just give us a, a like, um, a, in priority order, what are you spending the most time on? Cause you've got a couple of JV partners out there too, which I want to talk about. But in terms of the projects where you're spending time, money and effort, priority order. So we've been spending most of our effort in the uranium space in 2021. We've been focused on delivering on our exploration at Waterbury South project, really close to Cigar Lake. We moved into doing a little bit of uh, diamond prospecting our diamond projects in Saskatchewan, but really importantly, we moved into that phase in the summer of West MacArthur and continuing to build on the 42 zone story, that discovery that we've had in the last uh, number of years. In addition to that, and that program's ongoing, in addition to that, we've had our Moon Lake South joint venture, a brand new joint venture with Denison Mines, just a few kilometers from their Griffin deposit, their Phoenix deposit on the Wheeler River project. So they're currently drilling that as well for us. So we've got two uranium projects on the go, drilling programs as we speak, and then we're gonna, roll that right into 2022 in the in the nickel and uranium space. And I say nickel because we do have some focus in the nickel space in Thompson, Manitoba. We're moving those projects forward with um, with D-block discoveries as they look to list and eventually get drilling in about Q, Q1 of 2022. Perfect. So really exciting uh, summer here, fall and moving into, into next year. For sure. Uranium been a, been a funny year, great year of late with Sput moving into the ecosystem um, and, and, and playing a lot of money in. Uh, you guys saw a little, little uh, pump in the in the price there along with everyone else. And I think it's come off a bit here. Um, can you tell us about the JV partners? How much uh, are they spending on advancing those projects? So the, the only active joint venture we have today is the Moon Lake South Joint Venture, Denison, okay? Right. Where we're drilling that program. Our contribution there is about $150,000, $160,000 for 25%. Got it. Uh, we're a 25% uh, co-funding partner in that project. And Denison's leading the charge on that. So they're following up historical mineralization there, which is pretty exciting for us. So but what have they what have they done this year in terms of since I last saw you in April? What's new? Well, that, actually, the joint venture itself is brand new. Okay, that was signed in the summer. And now we've moved into very quickly our first drill program 
on that project as a partnership. So again, they're following up historical results, past mineralization on this trend, which is part of the, the overall Griffin trend on the Wheelie River projects. It's pretty exciting. So what, what did you hand? Why, why did they come in? What, what did you hand it over to them to make them think, oh, do you know what? These process generators have got it right here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a project that we've had in our portfolio for a while. A number of years ago, Denison um, wanted to earn into that project. So standard option for us. We, we allowed them into the project. They spent some money, developed the targets, earned that 75%, and then we formed that joint venture. So this is the first joint venture drilling program together as we attempt to build on the past successes uh, through their option uh, option arrangement prior. Right, so, so what does that look like? What are they obliged to spend now and in the future, depending on, I guess, certain targets being hit? Yeah, it, it depends on results. They're drilling right now four really high quality targets along a four or five kilometer trend. Uh, your typical Athabasca targets, uh, you're seeing alteration in the sandstone in the basement. Following up on mineralization, it was actually a whole, I think, from their earn-in period, just part of my time with Ken Alaska, they actually drilled some mineralization just above the unconformity. So they're testing along that corridor. There's no other drill holes along it. So we're really excited about potentially expanding on that mineralization. And that uh, that obviously ties into everything that they're trying to do at Wheeler River as well. And what again with the conversations that are going on there? What's their expectation? Because they they have they have they done drilling you know in or, or sorry around the property near the property? Is that an expectation to find something that you know is on trend with whatever they they've previously discovered? Correct, Matthew. And I think that's what drew them partially into Moon Lake initially is because to the south and to the north. They obviously have mineralization as well. So, um, you know, Griffin is just just a few kilometers to the uh, to the north uh, east, and they do have I forget the name of the property just to the southwest. So, Denison surrounds this project. They knew what was going on around it, and they wanted to be a part of it. So, they did. They earned into it, and now we're moving forward together. We liked what we saw from their results through the earn-in stage. That we're now co-funding with them at twenty five percent interest. So. Pretty exciting about what could come out of that project. Right. So coming back to the question about how much money are they going to spend at each of the stages, I get, depending on what they find. But what, right, right now, what are they obliged to spend? Sorry. So again, we're funding 150000 So three times that would be their share. Okay. So you're looking at about 450000 their share. So you're looking at about $600,000 plus or minus total. Right. Uh, now results will drive the next phase of, phase of investment. So they're due to put in a project budget to us. Uh, late this year, and we'll see what their intentions are. It's probably going to be driven by results right now. Again, they're not even done drilling that project yet. We're right in the middle of that. So, right. So, so we, we, that's normal that, in number. I, I guess what I'm trying to work out is what, what, what's the what's the drill? Is that the drilling number? The, we're going to spend six hundred thousand on dr the drill program, or is that above ground stuff as as well? I mean, what, that's what I'm trying to get at. Sorry, not being clear. Drilling. Drilling. Wow. Okay. So that's useful. So, so you know, there's a component in there of administration. There's a component in there of camp, but they're utilizing their Wheeler River facilities to execute this program. So there's a lot of value there for us. Yes, we'll pay our share, but um, you know, it's really, really logistically very simple for us. So it's a lot of value for the for the drill money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And and when's when's that finished? This this drill season lasts when? I when can we start yeah. seeing numbers? Yeah. We we should finish that program probably in a week to ten days if things go well. Um, we'll get a feel for results. We are already having a feel for results, but in terms of reporting, a number of weeks after that. Of course, the chemistry samples will be in the lab for a number of weeks, but we'll certainly put out a release on prelim results ahead of the chemistry. 
Right. Probably the next couple of weeks. Right. So to kind of drag this out. And I get, like, I'm kind of excited about the uranium space because people are hunting for, you know, the next decent size asset. Dennison have got a, a stack of stuff. They obviously did that deal with OURD and uh, UEX and picked up, you know, a few more properties in the Athabasca. Um, and I want to, if they're going to give you the love and intention that you hope they are, or because they've got so much else going on, or that will they just park this up for a while? So, you know, because there's a real value to you if they keep putting the dollars in the ground. So that, that I guess that's the, the feel I'm trying to get from you, a sense I'm trying to get from you. Well, let me just say so far in this joint venture, Denison has been a great partner. I mean, fantastic partner, a lot of good conversation. Uh, we know the team very well, the team that's leading it in Saskatoon, the Saskatoon office. They've been nothing but uh, a brilliant joint venture partner. So kudos to them in that sense. Um, what their intentions are moving forward, that's going to be driven by, I think, results. You know, it has to fit within their portfolio, like it always does, even ours. It has to fit within the portfolio and the timing. But, you know, if the results are coming, I have confidence that Denison will want to move that forward because it really is a piece to the Wheeler River puzzle. It's, it's right there. And I think that is really what makes Moon Lake so special in terms of Denison's portfolio, but also can Alaska's portfolio. So I think it's going to get the attention if the results start to come. Right. Okay. So that that, that helps because it, it gives us a sense of how they would prioritize this. If if they can build that picture of it being part of the the, the Wheeler River um, district, as it were, it's meaningful for them, and that's meaningful mm-hmm. for you and meaningful for your shareholders. Right. That's where that's where I kind of wanted to go. So we we'd get a sense of that this side of Christmas as to you know whether they move into the next phase and how much they're going to allocate at some point. I would anticipate the results will drive that conversation. And um, if they're positive, I would anticipate that they'll want to do something in 2022. Right. And if you, you've got $6 million bucks or so in, uh, in, in, of cash, you would be hopefully allocating some of that towards your portion of, of that project going forward. Okay. Yeah. If the results, again, again, Matthew, if the results are there, absolutely willing to, to co-fund as part of the JV. Absolutely. Right. But it's, you're not under any pressure to go and raise some capital to we are advance not. that no, project. We, cool. we have $6 million in the bank. Um, we wouldn't anticipate what they would plan to stress us in any way, shape, or form. And if it does, then we've obviously got, obviously got an asset around which to uh, to go seek the funding. So. Right. So you, you've also talked about recently um, Waterbury, which is a new discovery. Right. Mm, yes. And you previously you had like Westmouth Garther, which was, I thought it was a, a Camaco JV. What, what, what's the, what's, what's happening there? So West MacArthur is actually, we're drilling that right now. We've been right. drilling that since mid August. We, uh, we being we, you or we being with partner? Canalaska's drilling that project right now. We're okay. about a 75% owner in it. Camaco is our joint venture partner. Um, we're sole funding this year's exploration. Camaco is still, you know, not, not releasing its, you know, funding, which is fine. Uh, but we're moving that forward because we believe in the project. And more importantly, the project has shown signs of advancing beyond what we've known in the last number of years. And I say that because if you recall, we created that exploration space for about three kilometers away from the 42 zone. We're testing that now. We're testing that now. That's where the drill is as we speak. We're into the last, say, third of that program. We've got two holes left at this stage anyway, two holes left. And, um, you know, it's really been very successful so far in testing that structure, that hypothesis, if you want to say it that way, that um, now we're getting to the, to the ideal target at the unconformity where this mineralization 
whether it's Fox Lake 42 zone or cigar type analog occurs. And that's pretty exciting to us because part of the game here is to trace where that structure is at the ideal target. And that's the hard part. And we believe we're getting there. And, and you know, if, if you look back at our release uh, a number of weeks ago, it's basically what we're saying. We're, we're, we're vectoring into this thing and we're getting really excited about the hole we're on right now. We're also excited that as part of this program, we've drilled another high-grade intersection 32 meters away from the last high-grade intersection at 8% uranium. Um, we've been successful there. So, you know, we're expanding 42 zone. We're also expanding the targets along to the Southwest away from 42 zone, which is a good thing because these all form as multiple pods along, uh, you know, one or two kilometers of strike length. So we're really excited about where this program is going. The team, the new team is very excited about what they're seeing and the potential for, um, for discovery. Further okay. discovery at West MacArthur. Okay, so you, you, it's exciting for a project generator, right? But it, it's, mm. it's not exciting for a, for a, for a, a Cameco. They've they've stepped out because they've got other fish to fry and they got they got their own problems. What does that mean? You advancing this project yourself? What does that mean for that relationship? Are you now free to talk to other people as a prospect generator? You want JV partners to come in and, and co-fund yeah. or fund projects for you? So. What optionality have you been left with, given that Cameco has stepped away? I want to just back up. Cameco has not stepped out of this project. Well, they haven't given any money. Earns their, earned their percentage. Their budgetary constraint is not allowing them to service, if you want to call it, service their entire portfolio in the Athabasca Basin. So they haven't lost Remember, anything. They haven't, they haven't lost anything. You're allowed to carry they, on. They've retained Basically, they've retained their joint venture rights. Okay? Right. So yes, they're allowed to dilute but they do retain joint venture rights. So, so they still have their toes in the water. We just had a joint venture meeting at site with them. Right. So they really like what they're seeing in the basement. I know it's a bit forward, forward thinking here, but I just, I just want to convey to you that they have not stepped out. They're a very active partner with us. We have a lot of meetings through the year. They do site visits. We talk about the core. We talk about what we see. We talk about the future of the project. Um, as a co-funding, essentially a co-funding JV. Yes, they're not funding today. That could change next year. We don't know. And again, that's results driven. They have to weigh it within their entire portfolio of where it sits. And remember, they've got land against Hurricane. They've got land against some other key projects through the basin that are all under assessment requirements. They simply can't afford everything they want to do. So they're still there with us. Well, sure, but, 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 but why is that good? For, why is that good? For, why is that good for you? Because they're sitting there gathering all the data, which you're paying for now, and they're mm -hmm. saying, "No, we're still friends. We'll sit in the room and listen to what you're doing," <laughs> because it gives us an option of making some sort of decision later today. But what at some point when you go, "Hey guys, what about chipping in here?" and they're still saying, "No, not yet. We've got other things." Have you got the option to bring in other people? That's, I guess, that's what your shareholders will, will want to know. We absolutely do, Matthew. We have the option in the joint venture agreement to bring in other parties. We have the option in the joint venture agreement to actually spin this into a new entity if we so choose. So we have a lot of different avenues here, depending on the market, depending on the uh, outside influences or parties that might want to come in. And we own 75%. We don't have to hold that 75%. We can share some of that to move it to the next stage of understanding or discovery and, and maybe, you know, you know, development of the exploration um, uh, methodology there for discovery. So we're really excited about that because we do have a lot of different avenues and West MacArthur continues to deliver for us. 
And that's why we've stuck with it, because we continue to see all of the right indications of one of these large tier one systems like Cigar and MacArthur, which is why we're willing to invest our shareholders' money into the project to continue to make those discoveries, expand that discovery, and ultimately earn more interest through dilution that's allowed in the joint venture. So it's good for us. It's good that you kept the optionality. And I just wanted to be clear, I want you to be clear about that, because otherwise... You know, you could you could create you could find yourself in a difficult position further down the line, right? We're, we're, I, that's that's all I was kind of getting at. So I think that's great as a, pro, a project generator. That's your job. You know, build, build value, get people interested in this thing, get them to put their hands in their pockets, and help you move the projects forward. So you've got that option. That's cool. Um, let, let's let's can, can we um, go on to nickel? Uh, if you, sorry, uranium, fantastic market. We love it. We think it's going up, and you know, hopefully, uh, split list on the NYSE that'll do us all a favor. Matthew, before we move on, Waterbury South. I, sorry, I, I, I mentioned it, I, but I, you didn't talk about it. What are you doing there? Sorry, I can't leave that off the table. Okay, Waterbury South. We got the results after we last talked. Okay, we drilled an incredible alteration system at Waterbury South with our very last hole. It's always last holes, remarkable, but it was the last hole. And we drilled two and a half percent nickel. We drilled two and a half percent arsenic. We drilled cobalt mineralization altogether at that unconformity with 400 ppm uranium. Now 400 ppm, people go, eh, guess what? Half the deposits in the Athabasca Basin are polymetallic like this. They have the nickel and the arsenic. Okay, think of Key Lake. It averaged two and a half percent nickel over its mine life. It was mined for uranium. These deposits are zoned. These polymetallic deposits are zoned. And, you know, when I sit down with my team, my new team, which we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure, um, we get excited because we can't think of any other analogs in the Athabasca Basin at the Unconformity where you're drilling two and a half percent nickel and it doesn't come along with some substantial uranium. Okay, we're zoned. We're perhaps on the fringes of what could be one of these Cigar Lake events. Again, Cigar Lake loaded with nickel and arsenic. Key Lake, Midwest deposit. Half these big deposits in the basement are polymetallic. We're really excited that we're on the fringe of something special. We've got big alteration happening in the sandstone, but also in the basement. 150 meters of alteration in the faults in the basement. So Waterbury South is really, you know, shaping up to be a big chunk of Ken Alaska's portfolio moving forward. Okay, forward. so so, so what polymetallics is a case, question of, I guess, depending what, what price the various commodities are, is what you're going to focus on. So when people talk about 2.5% nickel, headline-wise, it's exciting. But the reality is you're saying in Athabasca, I guess, unlike Olympic Dam, it's, a by, it's the byproduct of uranium, right? It absolutely is. When you get into a major hydrothermal event, uranium mineralizing event that contains nickel and arsenic. These are the types of grades of the polymetallic minerals like nickel and arsenic and cobalt that you see with a cigar, with a Midwest Lake, with a Key Lake ore body, 150 million pounds. This is what you see. We can't think of an example in the basin where you get this level of nickel mineralization in the absence of uranium. We can't think of it. We don't know of an analog. So we believe we're on the fringe of something really special at Waterbury South. Okay. Um, I guess, was again, how, how much money's gone into that so far in terms of drilling? Uh, we spent about $600,000 this winter. Right. Okay. Are you going to up the ante First there? Holes. First three holes. Pardon right. me? Are you going to up yep. the ante there? Yes. We want to, well, it's part of, part of a deal we just 
we, we were working on with Terra Uranium. So we want to get another 1.5 million into that project. We believe that's sort of the next level of understanding or drilling that will get us to the understanding of what this zone could be and how special it is. So, you know, we can do that with our money or we can use someone else's to carry the exploration risk and get that next level of investment. And that's the path we've chosen right now with Terra. How do, you, how do you guys, as you get more and more of these deals under your belt, how do you stop giving away big chunks of the company? You know, 75, 25, standard issue, right? So how, how do you retain more of the upside? You know, Because you're going to find it a li- at some point, you're going to find it after the assets come true and your JV partners, are, you're going to find it a bit easier to go and raise a bit of capital. I know you're in 50 million market cap today, but and you're moving sideways most of this year. You've got to try and work out, you know, the projects that you want to hang on to a little bit more. So how do you do that? So so it's a balancing act, right? So we try and take our core assets and we retain as much as we can of those for us and our shareholders. Waterbury South is no different. The other non-core assets, right? The ones where we, you know, you're going to have to spend and, and raise money and dilute and all that stuff. Uh, we, we get those into other parties funding them to help move them forward and retain enough for our shareholders that on discovery, if it's there, we see that upside. And that could be royalties, that could be retained interest, that could be all sorts of different things, payments, um, whatever it might be. In the case of Waterbury South, what's really interesting is the deal that we've done only sees a path to 20%. There's no future path to majority. We retain at the end of that 1.5 million, control the project, 80% of it, we control the destiny of it. So if it's really good, if we do get into Cigar Lake type mineralization or Key Lake type mineralization, we know that we're going to control 80% of that. So it's about how do you get the next knowledge? You can dilute shareholders or you can bring in another party that's willing to do that. And that's what we've done. Why would Terra do that for 20%? What, what, what's in it for them? I mean, is there the hope of earning more in more? Well, the, remember, this is a new listing. Okay, this is a brand new listing that's being planned on the ASX. So, you know, if they're successful, they obviously, uh, you know, it makes news for them. They can raise, uh, allows them to do other things that they want to do as they grow as a company. They're also involved in what could be one of the premier projects in the Athabasca Basin, one of the best discoveries. They become a co-funding joint venture partner, 20%. That's pretty significant on a cigar like deposit, if you think about it. It's a lot of money on the table there. So it's good for them. It's attractive. We also will own a big chunk of that company when it comes out freshly listed clean. Okay. So we're just kind of moving interest from that project into the company and its success will ultimately provide, uh, provide Ken Alaska shareholders with success. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty good scenario. Who, who are they? So who, who? I'll tell you right now, yeah. the other conversations we had had going on, they want a majority and path to hundred percent. And we're not willing to do that. We said, no, we will do it ourselves or we'll find a different path that gets us that next stage of, of understanding of the uh, of the mineralization. And that's what we've done. Okay. And, and again, I just, with all of these, when it, when any commodity becomes fashionable and uranium definitely is becoming fashionable, again, you see all the rise of new companies using uranium in the, in the title to actually go and raise capital for other things. Is, is this just a little bit of that or is this team, have this team actually, what have they done in the uranium space before? That's forming up as we speak, Matthew. So let me just back up. The, the, the team that we're working with out of Melbourne, 
Okay, we actually have business dealings with for about three years now. So we've got a really good relationship there. We've been trying to bring them into the arena space for a few years. The timing wasn't right, understandably. Now the timing's right. They can raise the money. I've met a number of their, you know, what's called seed investors or investors that tie themselves in with them. Um, I've met them three years ago. They liked the uranium space. The timing just wasn't right. So I'm, I have confidence that's going to come along. We're building out the board right now of this company, Terry Uranium. And I don't, I don't think it's public yet, so I won't share it. But I'm going to tell you, it's a strong board. I know most of these players. They've been in the uranium game for a long time. So it's forming up to be a really special entity. Essentially, the second Athabasca-focused uranium company listed on the ASX behind 92 Energy. And we've seen the success of 92 Energy in the last you know, year or so. Okay, so, so there's a lot of appetite in, in, on the ASX to have an Athabasca-focused clean listing that has good assets. And we've brought the assets along for an interest in the company. And we're going to run those assets for them, which gives us some benefits and feedback to our shareholders in terms of, you know, operating fees and, and cash payments and, and, and ownership of the company. So um, it, it's, a, it's a pretty good arrangement. These players are serious. And uh, I have every confidence they're going to do, uh, they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And they're going to stick with it. So the uranium. Again, we're very, we're very, as I said before, we're very cautious with who we work with. Because we don't want it to be a fly-by-night operation, we don't want it to be a flavor of the day. It's it's people surround yourself with good people and good teams, and you'll do something special. Well, the reason I'm, I'm glad you said that. The reason I ask is like you know I've, I've been approached by various groups. Of Singapore group, five hundred million, give me a uranium project. London-based group, fifty million, get me a uranium project. Didn't care what, just as long uranium was in the heading, right? Because they know they can go to work with that, and, that, and that's what I say. You know, for, for for you as a prospect generator, if you get into that trap, it's only going to go one way. It's going to get really, really messy, and your shareholders aren't going to appreciate it. So, okay, so something's happening there. Timing on when you're going to be able to tell us more on that. So they they're they're planning on lodging this week with the ASX. So I expect that to start becoming a little bit more public in the in the next number of weeks. Um, so watch for that news to come out or for that sort of framework to come, come visible to the market. I will just say, I, I know a number of these players, they're heavy hitters in the Iran space over multiple decades. Okay. You know, back in the time with Cameco, I, I met most of these players in the last cycle. I was, you know, looking at all these, uh, these projects around the world and these names are coming out again and they're serious people. They understand the space. They want to do something special. They recognize the opportunity that we presented to Terra and they want to get involved. And that's pretty exciting. That's really exciting for Canalaskan and shareholders because this is a serious team that's going to go do its thing and they're going to grow and, uh, and they're going to stick with it. Okay. Polymetallic. Lovely. Nickel. Lovely. Copper. We d- we talked about copper last time, right? With uh, oh, Quesnel. Is that is that my am uh, I in massacring the that name? Yes. I'm massacring that name properly. <laughs> Quinell. Quinell. Quinell Trough. Yeah, our Silent partners on there. Okay, got yes. it. What's happening? Uh, not much. You know, they they went through their drilling in in Q1. They hit copper, but they think they're on the fringes of the system. Just you know, they they definitely hit they hit the margins of the system. They got some low grade copper. Uh, we're just in the process of forming up that joint venture now. We've lodged um, some of the filings we had to do for for assessment and whatnot. 
Um, so that will continue to move forward. I don't know what their plans are per se, because we've not yet officially formed that joint venture, but I'm sure once, once we, uh, once we do, they're going to, they're going to share what their view is on how to move that forward. So no new news on that one at this point. Okay. Low grade carpet. Right. Mm -hmm. Fine. You've been dying to tell me about your new team. You've mentioned it at least three times. Go on <laughs> then. Come on then. Who have you brought on board? Oh, this, you know, part of part <laughs> of what we need to do to get into this next cycle, Matthew, is build out the core of the Can Alaska team. And uh, you know, we dismantled it post Fukushima. Had to, obviously, kept it small. I wasn't even part of that. Um I've come along now and and working closely with Peter and and uh and the board of Can Alaska, we've decided to rebuild the core of the team. And I've had the great pleasure of bringing in someone I know very well out of Cameco. Uh, his name's uh, Nathan Bridge. He actually drilled the first two holes at 42 zone for Cameco back in, you know, about five years ago or so now. Uh, he worked very closely at delineation of the Fox Lake deposit, just two kilometers away from 42 zone. He understands what we have at West MacArthur. He knows it. He's worked at Millennium, Chemicals Millennium Deposit. He's done definition drilling at Cigar Lake. He's been at Eagle Point where the image behind me is from Eagle Point. He understands our portfolio. He understands what we need to do to make these discoveries. And um, he left Chemical on his own accord to join us. And in large part, it's the trust that I have with him. You know, I know I've known him for 11 years, a very talented young geoscientist uh, with, with Chemical back in the day. Um, and he's chosen to come and join us because I believe it's in part the relationship, but in large part also the land position that we hold in Eastern Athabasca, the discovery potential to be part of a team, a small team, a little wolf pack, if you want to call it, that's out there to make discoveries. So he's a, a critical piece for us. Uh, Dr. Carl Schumann is still there. He stepped aside from the VP role to bring in Nathan Bridge in this in this role specifically. And Carl knows Nathan as well from uh, from the joint venture dealings at West MacArthur. So really a great addition to this team. So I've been working very closely with him to build out the rest of the team in the last uh, couple of months since he joined us. We brought on Greg Goodmanson. I know him very well. I went to university with him. He's my vintage, great friends. Um, more importantly, he spent 16 years with a Rano. So we've pulled in chemical people. We've pulled in an Arano person. Uh, we've built out some younger geoscientists. They're incredibly talented and, uh, and are going to be running projects within 18 months. I mean, these are, these are really, really great young geoscientists. And we're going to need more, you know, but we can now with the core built, we can start to, um, to flex where we need to deliver on the mandates that we have in our, within our portfolio, whether it's with our joint ventures, can Alaska only, or even in the nickel space. Okay, and, yeah, and obviously, I guess a few people step, stepping to one side. So this is this is you're refreshing the team. We're rebuilding the team, Matthew. Yes, you know, refreshing. Yep, fair. But we're not wholesale refreshing, and that's what I love about what we've done here because Peter Dazzler is still president. Okay, Carl Schumann, Dr. Carl Schumann is still a senior advisor, so he's helping Nathan, you know, and and the team move forward. Um, also, he's still on the board. But Peter, just having in the, in, in the background with myself in particular and being able to move this company forward as part of a transition as we move into this new era is, has been really special. I mean, we have a great relationship. We've had a great relationship for years, uh, ever since we sat across the table from each other to do deals. Um, it, it's quite unique. And uh, I'm really happy to still have him involved. Um, I don't like to see wholesale management changes. 
in companies. I like to see transitions. I think it, I think it provides a lot of value to shareholders and should provide a lot of comfort to shareholders that, um, that followed Peter, for instance, to move forward with myself now. So, you know, we, we, we've been busy changing the team, rebuilding the team, and even at the board level, brought in a few individuals now in the last number of months um, to fill, you know, attrition, just people moving on to other things. Uh, one of our board members had to go join the Biden administration. Okay. Who's that? Uh, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend. Oh, yeah. uh, she had to pull aside because she's joining the, uh, the Biden administration, which was a great contact for us. She'll always be there for us. Um, we've, we've added in a, a new director, Jeff Gay, who's part of the Athabasca group of companies here. So development opportunities in the North, and he understands the North where we're operating. Brings a lot of value in there in terms of insights. Uh, Ms. Karen Lloyd, I know her very, very long time at Cameco. She's in Cameco Marketing understands the uranium space we're good friends she uh she gets it she's moved on she's she's working with an aviation company but she has all that knowledge in the banking and marketing side of the equation and then shane shercliffe as an advisor and and maybe an eventual board member um i worked with him in australia on the kintyre deal you know i've known him a long time we've done special things and and he uh he's been part of billion dollar deals out there so the team all of Ken Alaska, the team is changing and getting geared for what we see in front of us, which is an incredible cycle. It is going to be an incredible cycle. It's going to be hard to do wrong in the uranium cycle that's coming, it seems, if, if all this social media is to be believed. However, there's a lot of new people. You walked into a prospect generator with a certain philosophy. You're your own guy. You're in charge of the helm. I get that the, some of the, the old hands are still there, but that philosophy surely has got to change in this new cycle we're about to go into for uranium to take the best advantage or the most, take advantage of the situation. It's great being survival mode as a prospect generator when it, times are hard for the last decade. Something's got to change, hasn't it? Yes and no. I mean, I like steady as you go, be yourself. In fact, there's a quote today circulating through LinkedIn, and it's from Will Smith. Okay. And I, and I love it. It's don't chase people, be yourself. Do your own thing and work hard. The right people, the ones who really belong in your life, will come to you and stay. That yeah, I saw that's that. Just, that's it, lovely. Struck, that's lovely. But that, that I'm talking about that. That's you, right? The yeah. previous management team, management team had a philosophy which was basically, yep. quite rightly, hunker down, don't spend too much money. It'll come good at some point, right? You, younger, new younger team, hopefully a little bit more ambitious uh, enough to take advantage of the new cycle we're going to go through you're going to change. So the yes and no bit. So what was the yes bit? Because your shareholders want to hear a growth story, right? And they've so not the, had so that the, for 10 years. So what's the growth story? Absolutely. So the growth story is we're going to continue to project generate, but more importantly, we're going to ramp up operations in 2022. Going to be results driven, results focused, but we've got right now three projects in our portfolio that are core to us that have discoveries. Two of them are fairly new, one very new. Um, and the other one has been sitting and waiting since post Fukushima. And we're looking for the right partnership there to move forward and or do it ourselves if it fits. But right now we've got three, essentially three discoveries in our portfolio that are ready for this cycle to move forward. And that's what we're doing. So building out this team is a change. 
bringing in outside partnerships like Terry Uranium or others in the nickel space. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of conversations happening in our uranium space uh, that'll probably see more deals coming. So, you know, that's what we're doing. We're gearing up for this. We're going to move things forward. Um, you know, if, if the results dictate it, we're going to add money to those budgets. We're going to move them forward. But again, not just to drill holes. We're going to really focus on finding that body of the tiger, okay? That tiger by the tail is what we believe they have at 42 zone, okay? Now we're focusing in on where that body of the mineralization might be. This is the process Chemical went through at Fox Lake. They spent three, four, even five years fooling around at one end, trying to figure out the geology. And then they got that first 100 GT into the Fox Lake deposit. That's what we're looking for. That's what we think we're getting close to now because we're seeing it in the, in the results. And if that continues, then we're going to pick up pace. And part of building this team out, this young team around us with all that experience is to take advantage of that type of situation so that we're ready to move, that we are moving. So, you know, I think it's pretty exciting. Um, and, you know, we're going to continue to do deals. You know, we, we, we picked up uh, another piece of land here um, down around Key Lake. It's 15 kilometers away from the Key Lake Mill, the Key Lake Deposits. Okay, 150 million pounds of uranium produced at the Key Lake deposits. We have that fault for 10 kilometers strike length on our project, our new project portfolio, that key extension project that we announced a number of weeks ago and just closed last week, actually. Um, incredible, incredible story forming there. And the new team I brought in, they're just, they're frothing in the mouth. They want to get on that project because in the Athabasca Basin, in eastern Athabasca, you do not get an opportunity to pick up one of the premier fault zones historically. This produced 150 million pounds of uranium just 15 kilometers away. You do not get the opportunity to pick that up very often. And we were successful at doing that and at a really reasonable price just ahead of the last bump a month ago. So we're really excited about where our portfolio has grown to and where we continue to add uh, to take advantage of the money coming in from outside parties, um, you know, there, there's an appetite for land in the Athabasca right now, and it's all been staked in the last month. I'm going to be honest with you. There's not yeah. much out there that we would pick up. And the projects we did pick up, we added 100,000 hectares in the last month, roughly, uh, in the Athabasca, but we were very strategic. It had to have a story. It had to make sense to our team. It's not necessarily that we're going to put our money there. This is for future deals to bring money into Ken Alaska, to bring opportunities into Ken Alaska, to go focus on these mineralized deposits or trends that we have in our portfolio right now. It's an exciting. Okay. It's an exciting twelve months in front of us. Fantastic. Okay, let me say this to you. You, you say you've effectively got three discoveries. You've got a big portfolio. You've staked a bit more uh, land but your sub 50 million market cap, you're getting the project generator discount, right? That's why I'm asking, you know, now is the time, it seems, mm -hmm. to look at the business plan and the, and the strategy and say, do you know what? I think we need to just have a little step change here because we're not getting the proper value which should be attributed to us because the project generator discount. And I think that given what we're seeing is gonna happen in uranium and uh, even with your nickel, Nickel uranium, your polymetallic project. Um, you know, I think we can take advantage of this and just do it a different way because the the feeling, the sentiment, rightly or wrongly, is that well, as a prospect generator, you're going to give all the upside away. You're going to get diluted 
away. You're not gonna. You're, you're always going to be having to raise money, kind of keep up with your JV partners. That's that's the the perception of project generators. And I think, can you change, or do you want to change enough to say I can capture more of the upside by just doing things a different way with my new team? It's, can you sort of share share that that kind of forward thinking? It's great. Are you excited about the next twelve months? But how do you do more for the shareholders? Well, we in all our deals we backstop it with royalties. Okay, so if there's success, you've got a good royalty on the on the back end, and that's that's a that's sort of almost a non-starter for us. Um, we also retain percentages in there where possible, so that you know, let's say you discover a cigar lake and you own twenty percent, you can go raise to continue that on. So very much reverse of what we're doing at West MacArthur with Cameco, we'll have the optionality of diluting or funding. You know, it's an optionality, but it's backstopped by a royalty or some other mechanism. Um, so that's 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 always in our deals. Um, Beyond that, we are we are ramping up, planning to ramp up in 2022, okay, to take advantage of a good market. You know, if we can drill that 100 GT hole at West MacArthur, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. If we can drill that 100 GT hole at Waterbury South, where we believe we're on the fringe of that system, um, that's a game changer for Ken Alaska. And, you know, in both cases, we're majority owners. You know, in, in the case of West MacArthur, it's 75%. In the case of Waterbury South, right now it's 100%. And like I said, we may do that ourselves if the deal doesn't go through, or the deal at present will allow us to retain full control at 80% moving forward. Okay, so in, in either case, we'll have control of Waterbury South. It's irrelevant. And I, I just, the team is excited about Waterbury South, they're excited about West MacArthur. Cree East, We'll ramp that up when the time's right. We're not under any assessment crunch there at all. We can sit and wait for the right partnership and money to come in. Or if the timing's right, we'll do it ourselves. We have no problem doing that. But we own 100%. We can share. We're good. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.